For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Blue Jays fans? Welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network, and we are just about, as of this recording, one week away from opening day. Although, perhaps not the type of opening day that we, as Blue Jays fans, would have otherwise liked to have seen. But before I jump into that and get into the bad stuff, which is probably the majority of this episode. Whoa. I want to introduce my co-host, <laughs> Mr. Brendan Benicar and Mr. Craig Borden. Gentlemen, how are we? Uh, Not did sure. you get the nail on the head? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I don't want to take the make... wind out of the sails. I was in a good mood. Hey. I mean, wait. At least it's the beginning of the season and not at the end. Yeah. Right? I guess if stuff like this happens, it's better to have it at the start than in a playoff push, but I won't want to say too much more to bury the lead. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's just jump right in. Look, it's not lost on any Blue Jays fans that we are experiencing the injury bug pretty hard and pretty uh, at a detrimental level, I should say. Um, and just in spring training alone, um, it started with the Nate Pearson uh, injury, and then it just dominoed from there. Um, so, of course, this episode is going to be loaded with injury talk maybe on how to navigate that, what the Blue Jays front office can do or what you guys expect the Blue Jays to do, maybe internally or externally. So let's just get right into it. Um, let's start with Kirby Yates. Uh, everybody was excited to see him join this team. We were expecting a bounce back year coming off of an injury. Um, and it was reported earlier that Yates would be sidelined with an elbow issue to which I think uh, at least the three of us in this chat in our chat room, text message exchange, rather, we assume Tommy John. And, well, turns out, Tommy John. Um, <laughs> this is a serious Fuck. blow. Yeah. <laughs> this is a serious blow uh, for the Jays in terms of their closer role and for the excitement of fans, as I mentioned. And it's also important to know, I think this is an important nugget of information, that during his free agency, this offseason, his free agency period, Yates' physical twice 
caused uh, alarm bells to ring, both from the Braves and the Jays. This according to Ken Rosenthal. So I want to start there before we get into the team issues as to what this will mean in terms of a domino effect. Craig, does this raise concerns for you about the Jays' evaluation of injuries and or quote-unquote red flags when it comes to free agents and or their own personnel? I'm going to say no, just because um, everything that was, you know, his injury was, you know, not an elbow thing before, right? So you weren't expect if they were looking at anything evaluating-wise, they weren't looking at what could possibly be a Tommy John surgery thing. So... I'm not going to chalk this up as a flag, but in all reality, he's going to make good money out of this. Unfortunately, the Blue Jays are going to have to eat some of this, but it was incentive-laden at the same time. So there is a little bit of a piece to it there that the Blue Jays are going to get back in their pocket because if he has gone for the season for Tommy John, I'm sorry to say you're not going to quite meet the innings, you know, part that you were hoping or you know, if they were hoping he was going to get 20 saves was one of the incentives or whatever it might be. But I, I'm... I can't fault them on that whole thing, but maybe this is something that with all these other injuries that we're eventually going to get talking to here, that maybe they should be focusing on a little bit of what they are doing that might be causing some of these injuries, or is there something that maybe is doing it? I doubt that, but you know, this is similar to like, what was it a few years ago that Steve Delabar was doing the weighted ball stuff amongst other things. (laughs) But, um, and then all of a sudden he kept doing that program and it actually seemed like it did the opposite of helping him and it actually tired his arm out. After, right. you know, he raised the bar. <laughs> so I think this is a, uh, it sucks that Kirby Yates is down like this, but I think they need to do some reevaluating on themselves and just double check to make sure that this wasn't something that they could have avoided or something that they're potentially putting the rest of the bullpen at risk with. I'm, I'm right in line with you there, Craig. I'm not concerned about the evaluation of injuries. We knew that And the reason why it was such an incentive-laden deal was because um, he was coming off a major injury. Um, And look, it was a risk that I was fully on board to take. I think all of Blue Jays Nation was fully on board to take this risk because you knew what the potential upside could be. Now, I know we're going to get into the roster ramifications of that in a bit, but the only thing I'll touch on that is they have a lot of depth. Um, Unfortunately, Yates' injury takes him from being a potentially elite bullpen down to, I still think a very good bullpen Uh, more on that later, but yeah, no, I'm not concerned. Um, They knew what they were getting into. Um, It was a pretty bad injury last time. And I know it wasn't related this time, but still sucks. It's terrible, especially because he was looking pretty good in his first two outings. And um, I know on Saturday um, when he was pitching, I I was reading some of the tweets about how good he looked and, and, and stuff like that. So Yeah, it's unfortunate, uh, but honestly, I'm not too worried about it moving forward. Yeah, he did look really good in that start. I actually did watch that that when he came in in the later innings there. He looked really, really good, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so great to have him in that bullpen now. And then, like, it's like, you know, it looked like what we were hoping we were going to get from Ken Giles the last two years. Right. But I think we can still get that, but in a different form. Yep. Yeah, my concern uh, isn't so much with how they evaluate the injuries, because I think you're both right that this was sort of unforeseen. Um, You can't really predict Tommy John uh, level injuries um, heading into spring training unless the person has a history of elbow uh, injuries. And even then, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. But um, I don't know. I I just think this is more frustration when it comes to Blue Jays fans, because it seems that when the the hype is at an all time high, you know, you recall back to 2013, uh, injuries <laughs> galore, right? And I, I just hope, knock on death, that this doesn't 
have a sense of repetition when it comes to that because man i that would be a huge disappointment but i i maybe i just fucked up because i put it out in the universe you don't but. want frank Menachino playing second no think about emilio bonifacio is that he had like 10 million batting gloves always oh, he always had like, like so many batting gloves in every pocket I, I never understood that why do you need more than one um <laughs> All right, well, let's let's move on to what this means for the bullpen. And, Brennan, you just said that you're very confident and you think that this bullpen can hold their own. What does this mean for you? Do you think that they're going to look internally for the closer role, perhaps a Dolis or a Romano? Uh, or do you think they're going to search outside? Because there are rumors that they are looking for pitching depth. Uh, it was sort of unclear, at least to me, whether or not it was going to be starting or relief pitching depth. Maybe they uh, indicated as such. I just missed the memo. What do you think? Do you think they're going to start with their own first, see how that pans out? Yeah, I do. And it's mainly because of how good Jordan Romano's looked this spring. Like he's picking up right where he left off last year before his injury. And his spring stats are kind of ridiculous. They're eye popping. Like I'm looking at them right now. I know it's spring training. It's only six games and five and two thirds innings, but a 1.59 ERA, but 13 strikeouts in those five and two thirds innings. The guy is electric. His stuff uh, on paper uh, might be even better than Yates's would be when they're both fully healthy. I mean, probably pretty comparable, but the at the end of the day, I think Romano throws a little bit harder, um, and there might even be a little bit more bite on a slider um, than some of the uh, pitches that Yates has in his arsenal. And if Romano falters, Rafael Dolis was perfectly capable of doing it and was actually really, really good after his first few appearances last season and getting used to pitching in the big leagues again. So I think they're fine in the back end of the bullpen. I tweeted today after seeing a few people saying this, Shane Green is still out in the free agent market, and he has been a high a high leverage reliever in the past. And I would not be surprised or I would not be upset if they looked into signing Green. Now, he's still a free agent. Maybe there's a reason why he's still a free agent, but he's coming off a pretty decent season with Atlanta. I know he lost the closer's job because of that pretty epic meltdown in the playoffs after they traded for him from the Tigers a few years ago, but he's still a pretty damn good pitcher and a strikeout pitcher at that. But when you look at the whole of the bullpen, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, you probably go Romano, Dolis in the back end, and then you have Barucki. So you still have your big three. Yates would have made that elite. Now it's very good. And then after that, you have Phelps, who's very good and reliable. Uh, Tyler Chatwood, who's looked really good and seems to somehow have figured out his mechanics because uh, he hasn't walked very many batters. And I know that I think there was an article done by Caitlin McGrath uh, in The Athletic talking about how he tries to tunnel his pitches a little bit better than in the past. So that's really been a fix for him. And maybe this opens up a spot for some holes in on a minor league deal. So don't break the rotation, but could start in the bullpen. And that could be a Merriweather, that could be an Anthony Kay, uh, guys along that line, or maybe even TJ Zoik as a long man. So, look, the injury is devastating. I was so excited to see Kirby Yates pitch because I knew exactly what he could do. We all knew exactly what he could do. It was worthy of the flyer. If it were me, I would sign him to a contract for next season. So he rehabs. Ooh rehabs and he knows he has a home back uh, to come back to and try it again i don't see any reason why you can't at least try to extend that courtesy and if it doesn't work out doesn't work out they tried yeah it can't be any different than what they've offered ken giles the last two years right exactly <laughs> you've given him arbitration those couple years so on that point um it sucks but i do think that the blue jays have the depth because we're starting to see that that triple a rotation is already full 
right? And that's not even talking yeah. about you know what could be a, a start from Nate Pearson at the AAA level and whatnot at the beginning of the year, just from shuffling around some innings and workloads, right? But um, I really think this is going to be opening the door enough for somebody like TJ Zoik or somebody to come in and run with a possible extra bullpen spot because we were already expecting them to carry that 26th man as an extra arm. So with that piece of this, now you got that going on where you're going to be able to maybe bring up that guy that just happens to be the hot hand in spring training here in the last week and go, you know what, this is your opportunity. Put up or shut up and um, let's see if you can, you know, very similar to how Osuna and Castro in 2015 whittled into the, you know, just here's your shot, good luck, and then they ran away with jobs for the most part. And I think that's what's going to end up becoming with the Blue Jays' bullpen. And I think the one thing that this definitely guarantees for the Toronto Blue Jays is that Tim Meza is going to make this bullpen right out of spring training, which right. in all reality, very well deserved. He has been crushing it and looks like he has picked up better than where he left off with the Toronto Blue Jays from that you know spectacular explosion we basically saw when he unfortunately got hurt. So... But I'm very excited to see what Tim Mesa can do for this bullpen, and I think there's going to be some nice pieces here. And I really think at this point, regardless of the Delise versus Romano conversation, I think this might be uh, Jordan Romano's job to lose at this point, where Delise, I think, is the cementing into that, you know, just missing the closer's role and being the super, the good, great setup guy. Yeah, I can see that as well. And, you know, from what I'm gathering from what you're both of you are putting down and I'll pick it back up. Uh, it doesn't seem likely that the Blue Jays are going to really search for outside help because they do have enough, I guess, internally to sort of fill in the cracks. Now, the difference here is that, you know, Nate's, sorry, Yates is definitely not coming back, right? At least yeah. this season he's not going to pitch unless he pulls a, no, Stroman was an ACL. He's not pitching this year. No. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know that I go so far as to give him a contract already for next season. I, I would be up. I, I kind of want to see him prove it after Tommy John, and recovery after Tommy John isn't as nearly as daunting as it used to be. So I, I'm willing to give him the chance, but if Romano and or Dolly sort of, you know, secure that and are more than capable of doing so, I, I don't know that I'd want to spend the money on someone that to fight for a closer spot when it seems like internally we have it. Because I think Romano is going to get the first knock, and we've seen last year if Romano you know, knock on desk, nothing happens to him. But if something were to happen to him, Delise can hold it down too. He's a very tall man. And having <laughs> yeah. that sort of and He's kind of got around, some gas, just saying. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's, he's very, very unintimidated on the mound. And he seems like he loves to have fun and that relaxed attitude I sort of love. Um, but I, I just think Romano stuff is better. So I, I think that's where they're going to lean towards. The bullpen and relief situation isn't nearly as big of a question mark to me as a starting rotation. Um, if they're going to fiddle with it at all and give someone some opportunities, I do agree with you that Mesa, I think, Craig, you pointed that out, um, he sort of deserves it. Um, and I am liking what I'm seeing from Chatwood. So mm-hmm. all those situations, maybe not Mesa to close it out, but all those situations, um, if they become available and you, you figure that they will be given how – fluid uh with the roster i think we'll be fine i think when it comes to relief pitching we'll be fine so i know the the aspect of having a shiny new toy and seeing it break before you can really play with it is very frustrating to blue jays fans and again uh brennan i think you were the most vocal about how excited you were to see kirby Yates pitch for this team it's a bummer 
Um, but who knows? Maybe if uh, Atkins is listening to this and he's like, you know what? That Brennan Pentecar, he's got a point. Maybe <laughs> I should just <laughs> sign him right away. Um, but anyways, let's move on. Um, let's move on to worse news, right? If you can oh, believe lovely. it. Oh, lovely. Um, You're killing me. <laughs> and again, Brennan's newly acquired superstar, George Smear, is too oblique strain and, quote, may miss opening day. To me, he's going to miss opening day. Um, that's not official. That's just my opinion. I think he's going to miss opening day. Uh, so, Brennan, does this concern you when it comes to Springer moving forward? Oblique injuries tend to linger. Just ask Teoscar Hernandez last year. Yeah. Um, is this something that concerns you? Again, we talked about it, how it's just the beginning of the season. There might not be a lot of concern in terms of how long lasting this will be, but obliques are not anything to mess with. And right now, as much as we poo pooed it, we do have great Chuck to sort of take that spot in the meantime, and at least be a little bit capable until George Springer is 100% healthy. So how do you feel about this? Yeah, it sucks. It's just another kick to the groin uh, after learning about Yates's injury, and then you find out about Springer, and then another guy that we're going to be talking about probably after this. Um, it was not a good day in terms of injury news yesterday. It really zapped a lot of my excitement for next week Thursday. Um, but even still, <laughs> it, it is still the most excited I've been for a season to start since 2016. So I'm going to try to not let this injury news take away from that because this is a season where there are legitimate expectations. The one saving grace is they do have that day off after opening day. So even if Springer's not ready for opening day, um, he could be ready for the Saturday or the Sunday, potentially. I think he'll avoid the injured list. I really do. I know that there, were some, there was some optimism around some, of the, uh, around some of the beat writers yesterday from what they heard from Atkins um, in his presser yesterday. So I wouldn't want them to rush it, but at the same time, at this point, I'm probably going to say about 50-50 if he's in the lineup opening day. And if he misses it, he misses it. That just means that next year on opening day, that will be Springer's first official opening day as a day. And hopefully it will be at home so that we can cheer him on in person next season. So there's a little fun light to look at. But yeah, it's just yesterday was a bit of a buzz. Uh, you know, when you're just having such a good day out on a bar or at a game or doing whatever, you have a few drinks and then you just get a text or some sort of news. And then you're just like, ugh, uh, I don't even want to be buzzed anymore. Uh, or you just start drinking heavily would be my advice. Or, or that. I mean, maybe, maybe if it was a, a Friday, I, I would have uh, switched to that gear. But uh, midweek, yeah, I was just kind of yeah. like, eh, the day can end now, and uh, let's move on to Wednesday being today so that uh, Blue Jays' Twitter could not be in such a panic, which I've seen much less of today. Yeah. So I think in the one thing, I, I, I don't even care how long it takes him to get done and f- fully healthy. I would rather him start on the 10-day disabled, you know, sorry, injury list. I'm still stuck in that mode. Yeah. <laughs> so... And the mostly the reason I'm not overwhelmingly concerned with him not starting opening day, especially against the Yankees. Let's just say that, right? We're going to play the Yankees right out of the gate. Teoscar Hernandez has been absolutely destroying the ball in spring training baseball games this past week. Loris Gurriel Jr., clearly, it looks like he's going to run into this season with a hot streak. Okay, Randall Grichuk's playing center field, and he's even been looking all right the last week. I'm not going to be missing a crazy beat for 10 games where I think if he's long as he is going to come back and just be ready to run with it and not have to worry about this nagging injury for 162 games. That's what worries me, right? 
we've been already talking about we have the injury bug right now. Let's literally kill this one injury bug. Let him get 100% healthy, get a little rest in, get it right, come back, and then we can be the player that we expect him to be and help lead this Blue Jays team to a playoff run. And I, like I said, I think right now that it wouldn't be the worst thing to actually give Jonathan Davis an actual extension to be the fourth sure. outfielder to start off the season too because I really feel like he needs a real shot for a chance. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately right now, as long as Randall Gritchick is on this roster, he's not getting that. And right now... I'm sorry to say, he's playing better than Randall Gritchick <laughs> right now as far as spring training numbers go. So he's batting a whole 308, and he actually has just as many home runs as him. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And he plays straight crazy defense. And was he? No, it was Palacios that stole home the other day. Yeah. <laughs> so good stuff. But like I said, I'm in the whole school of thought that one something needs to go right. And if what makes it go right is him starting off on the injury list, let's just make it happen. Get it over with. This team has been absolutely raking in spring training games. And I think that's going to continue at least the first couple weeks of the spring until, you know, everything kind of levels out a little bit with this lineup, I think, in the first few weeks. So, sorry not to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. If if they play Springer on opening day, the first thing that comes to mind is them willing Josh Donaldson to play at the beginning of 2017. Remember when he had that dead arm mm, or, or yes. the calf injury? There's and he just injury. was lobbing it over? Yeah. So, and if they do, if Springer does play and it's still reported that this oblique injury is lingering that's purely a pr move uh to capitalize on the excitement for his blue jays debut and it being opening day against the yankees on espn probably not the smartest decision to play him it just rings the josh donaldson bell all over again where if you push it then it could lead to an actual injury uh injury list stint which would suck so i hope they make the right decision when it comes down to it and not doing it for the publicity and the pr and capitalizing on the excitement because the truth is if he played saturday if he played sunday uh, or even the monday at texas sportsnet could still brand that is tune in for george springer's official blue jays debut they can still capitalize on that excitement even if it's not opening day so make the right decision the other catch is there's yeah. enough to be excited about period totally yeah, absolutely <laughs> All yeah, I'm going to I mean, say is Vladdy look is Vladdy is looking vicious. Just saying. <laughs> oh, he looks great. He looked awesome today. I saw a highlight. Uh, third base. He's yeah. he's fielding incredibly Looked well. Legit, right? Yeah, yeah. He's that was a great he's highlight. Light on his feet. He looks like a like a gazelle. Um, <laughs> but all right. So if you want to just take the risk and eat the roster spot, to me, hold him out until the home opener in Dunedin. Seriously, sure, if if you can hold him without putting him on the IL. Yes, you're eating up a roster spot. Yes, that probably uh, is, spells bad news for the rest of the outfield. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that right now you could do worse. And, hey, last year with the outfield of Guriel and Graycheck and Teoscar, it was fine. It, it, yep. was, it was totally fine. And, again, that might not be okay for Jonathan Davis, but at the same time, I don't know that I feel comfortable putting him on the on the IL right out the gate. I think if they do that, I, to me, for some reason, superstition being what it is, I think that screen's a little bit longer than ten days. Um, yeah, maybe I'm I tend wrong. To agree with you, but it's, we also are a week into spring training. They don't have to put him onto a you know the IL yet. <laughs> Can so. they retroactive that into spring training? Like for instance, if they could, they put him on the IL right now. I don't think so. I no, don't think so, but I day. think when the opening day happens, they are allowed to say when the date happened. Because it's, fif- it's 15 yeah. days now, isn't it, again? 
I thought it was no, 10. I think it's just 10. I thought they changed it again. I maybe or is it they took away the seven day thing? Maybe that I'm was not there sure. was something with the IL as far as they changed around the dates, and I can't remember what the hell it was. And I thought it was they changed the 15, but I'll, I'm gonna Google that real quick while you're yeah, yeah. yeah. If okay. they can retroactive that three days beforehand because it's days, not games, right? Right? Um, because so it's spring if, training, yeah. So if they if they do on the first, they retroactive it three days prior, that's 10 days, right? And that will put them in line to face the Angels at home in Dunedin. I think you could do that. And plus, that's a night game, 630. Perfect, right? A lot of people are, are probably not going to be able to tune into the 1 o'clock game. Let's be honest. I mean, like, yes, people are working from home, but those that are not that would like to catch it and are not leaving work early probably won't be able to catch it. Whereas if you have them at a night game in a home environment, I, I think that's, that spells, you know, a, a good recipe to make it work. So I think that's fine. Um, what this does mean to me, though, and we were just talking about the lack of rotation depth and pitching in general, Grayshuk's not going anywhere, at least no. in the near term. He's not going anywhere. And I know that might come as, uh, I don't know, a, a damper on people's dreams for a big trade that the Blue Jays may or may not be able to make. Way but to kill right my now, sweeping declaration from last week, yeah. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a... Uh, I mean, yes, we we can see the need for them to move out of that contract, and it's redundant in the outfield. But unlike the pitching, I applaud the depth that they do have in the outfield to mitigate these types of situations. Which is hilarious, because wasn't this the thing we were literally bitching about pre-George Springer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of that goes to the change for the show, the fact of how many, <laughs> how many steps we've seen from, uh, from Davis and Josh Palacios this spring. Those yeah. guys look legit like they could actually jump in and be contributors at the major league level right now, where before this, without having minor league baseball last season, you couldn't say anything about what you might get from Josh Palacios. I've had the pleasure pleasure of seeing him play and knew he was eventually going to have the right tools to possibly do something at the major league level, but who else has seen that? Maybe the Blue Jays scouts, but they haven't seen it in a year either. You're mm, going on right. completely two-year-old information at that point. Mm. Yeah, it does kind of bum me out that we're not going to see a big trade when it comes to Great Chuck. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, there are worse things. Um, again, if they can just hold them out until the home opener in Dunedin, fine. I don't – the Yankees, yes, these series are important when it comes to a division rival, and we expect it's either the Yankees and or the Rays that are going to be our main competition. Um, the first series, especially away against the Yankees, um, I don't care. What's up? No, I was just holding up a finger to say one game is all yeah. I want to take from that series. Yeah, and they could be, be the Sunday. Yeah. yeah, let it be the Sunday game. And then Texas, whatever. I bet you we could beat Texas without Springer. I'm oh, talking definitely. to you, Richard Burper. We can beat Texas <laughs> without George Springer. We you know after him? That's two weeks roots, in a row. Rich. <laughs> yeah, oh, your true roots. That's it. That's no, it. They're they're scheduled to open up April uh, until it gets to the back half when they open up with the or they start with the race on the twenty third of April. Yeah. It's pretty light, other than two Yankee series. You go Yankees at Rangers, home to Angels, home to Yankees at Royals at Red Sox before you get the race. So, if there ever is a time to have Springer miss some games, it's that stretch right out of the gates. And yeah. That could really make or break the direction this team heads into for the rest of the year. Not going to lie, is yeah. it so bad if you keep uh, the Yankees from facing George Springer a couple of games and then you have them for the next big series? 
I know that yeah. they know him all too well from his Astros years, but you know it's a little different when somebody else has had a chance to give him some coaching tips and stuff too. There might be that one thing that helps him just destroy the Yankees. You know, you never know. And not Could just that, it's the uh, the added benefit of the Yankees already bitching about playing in Dunedin. Right, oh, you, you mean Clint Frazier literally like going what the Did fuck he? already? <laughs> I think so. I forget who was it. Frazier. It was. Clint I know Frazier. someone was. Which go. I find even more redundant because what has Clint Frazier really done at the major league level? I'm sorry to say right. that Vlad Jr. and Boba Shett have played more games at the major league level than Clint Frazier has, who has been literally riding the bench and being the handbag maiden for freaking Brent Garter <laughs> yeah. for the last you know two years, and you know the best should be Blue Jay of all time, right? <laughs> I'm saying. Where was that on J Hap? Come on, just saying. That's yeah. Yeah. No, I think if you save him for the twelfth even to face the Yankees, obviously he'd be playing before that in the series against the Angels and this theoretical that we're bringing up. But if he plays against the Yankees at home in the Neiden and the Yankees are already uncomfortable with that ballpark being what it is, which whatever, good. Um I think that's an added benefit, right? And that's a that's two series at home. That you could theoretically take. Yeah, right? totally. You, you know, at, at worst with the Angels, you I don't even see them splitting that. They could probably take three or four of that, no problem. And then if you can take two out of three of the Yankees and then go to Kansas City and, I don't know, take three out of four of that, you're on a nice little roll. Just Plus the Texas, the Texas series <laughs> before that, you should sweep that. Right? And I, look at that. Yeah. yeah. That's an amazing streak right there. They'll, they'll be, even if we say they're going to get swept by the Yankees, Right. They, let's just assume that for a second. They take the the the, the Rangers. Right. So guy. he's our host this week. What the fuck? No, I'm just saying, it's <laughs> they're three for six already out after the Rangers series. Then they're gonna take four out of uh, three out of four, or let's just take the all four. Right. So what what is that? <laughs> That's seven for ten already. And let's just say two of the three against the. The uh, Yankees, and that's what nine for thirteen, and then let's I... say sweep the Royals, right? <laughs> that's what that's thirteen and the parade, thirteen and four, or thirteen, and four four, 13 to eighteen, right there, <laughs> playing the parade, right out the gate. <laughs> and then sweep the Red Sox. They can do that. <laughs> they can do that, and then they face the Rays in the Trop, whatever. But they can beat the Red Sox two in a row. In a Come row. on now. <laughs> I thought this podcast was going to be a Debbie Downer. Now we've uh, totally shifted gears. We we literally went from you know digging a grave to par- planning a parade in about five seconds. Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, they can win. Seriously, they could they could take a decent portion of the first handful of games up until when they have to travel to Kansas City. I have confidence that they can beat the Rangers, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but you don't need George Springer for the first two series. You just don't. For the first series, let them rest. For the Rangers series, let the Blue Jays feast. Let them come back in Dunedin and let them play the Angels. I think they're fine. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. What? This one bothered me less than the Yates. Yeah, oh, totally. Because it's you that know? same situation we're talking about. He gets right and you just run. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Where Yates is a downer because we literally went from having what was probably one of the best comeback stories in baseball this year with Yates and having a crazy elite bullpen to go against the likes of the Yankees' ridiculous monster that they have coming out of their bullpen, which, thank God, is getting older at least. <laughs> yeah. So, well, But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Run with it. All right, so we're in agreement. They're going to go 20-0. First two series. Gavel. <laughs> they my will never today. lose again. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's hop into the rotation now. This was obviously the biggest area of concern we as Jays fans had. 
Um, we regarded it as fragile and perhaps, you know, the biggest weakness out of, uh, out of an otherwise very, very solid team. It just got weaker. Um, while holding his child, Robbie Ray slipped and fell on his elbow, causing some bruising. Now, the good news is the kid is just fine, which, good, we're happy about that. The bad news is Ray will miss at least one spring training start. Now, we've seen this song and dance before, Craig, in that good old, oh, just one start jingle. Is this a long-term issue? I mean, I'm not saying I have trust issues when it comes to Blue Jays and how they report injuries, but it's never always as they want it to be in a best-case scenario. So are you looking, just like Springer, are you looking for maybe missing time heading into the season? Maybe they skip a start? Or do you have confidence that, look, it's just a bruise, he fell, whatever, shake it off, this is baseball. What say ye? I say rub some dirt on it. Yeah, personally. But the other catch on that whole thing is, too, I would rather miss a start and be right to run with. We already know that now more than ever with this whole thing that Robbie Ray is a huge piece of this, you know, rotation. Regard For better or worse, we are going to be riding Robbie Ray through the season. And um, luckily, thank God, it's been looking great so far. Um, but then again, Tanner Roark also looked really good for his two starts until this last one. <laughs> so just saying, um, I don't think Robbie Ray's in that same ballpark at all. So don't, don't castrate me, uh, Blue Jays fans. But as far as it goes, I just want him to be healthy. And at least it's not like he was like, you know, what was the White Sox guy a few years ago that like broke his hand playing Guitar Hero or something stupid like that? Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. He was literally defending his child as he was going for the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But... Um, I, like I said, I'd rather him miss a start, and then I get that means I'll get one extra start from one of our minor league arms that we're maybe on the fence about. That could be the you know potential fifth starter in this rotation with how this really works out. You'll get an early season audition for one of those guys that could be somebody that is a major piece of this rotation going forward, depending on how the chips fall. So I really think that it, it could be could be worse obviously, but I think the Blue Jays are probably actually reporting this accurately, especially with how quick we went with, well, Kirby Ra Kirby Yates is hurt, and then, oh yeah, by the way, he needs Tommy John surgery, literally in like, what, 24 hours that changed? Yeah. We yeah. heard he was hurt, and uh, it almost sounded like they were talking about like an, a pec or a oblique issue at first, didn't it? And then all of a sudden, Tommy John? Mm -hmm. So the way that reporting changed that quickly, I think they're actually Maybe that we're finally getting to see the swinging of change and being more honest and upfront about injuries, mm. but we'll never get the whole story as it is. But at least it's a bruise. Robbie Ray can, like I said, get healthy. He can continue to throw at least his bullpens and stuff and like that. And maybe worst case scenario, that first week of the season when he skips that start, get him in for an inning or something like that out of the bullpen. There's worse things he could do just to get some major league work in before that start. Yeah. Chalk this up to classic baseball injuries that only happen in baseball. Like, right. you know, if this was hockey, it'd be... Uh, it wasn't a sprinkler head or anything, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> I, pulled this, I pulled this up. 2017 Royals out, or pitcher Brian Flynn fell through a barn in his roof in Oklahoma. <laughs> or 2016 Will Smith twists his knee while putting on his shower shoes. <laughs> Go through and look up some of these classic baseball injuries and just the way that they're described because there's always some every single season. And this just is added to the list of amazing stories of how a player got injured. And it only ever is baseball because you... no other sport actually says how this person got injured. So yeah. that, aside, <laughs> that aside, I'm not worried about uh, about this at all. Um, if he misses a start, I, I'm right there with you, Craig. Give it to Kay, give it to Zoic, give it to one of those guys. And 
let them run with it and uh, have him back. I would not be surprised if he gets into maybe one more spring outing, if that's mm. possible, before it's done. Um, I just hope that this doesn't knock him off his mojo because Robbie Ray has been looking really good, um, like Diamondback level good, uh, when he was uh, there near the front of their rotation. And I also really, I know we were just talking about uh, being okay with Springer missing the Yankees series. I would much rather have Robbie Ray pitching in that series so you could go Ryu, Ray, and probably Mats uh, instead of Ryu, Mats, Roark, uh, or whatever the order ends up being. Some of those could look pretty ugly. At least with Ray, it it guarantees that a Roark won't pitch uh, at Yankee Stadium, which they should be setting up for anyways, to have him not pitch there. So... Um, yeah, I'm not worried uh, as long as this doesn't throw him off of his game, which I don't think it should. I hope it doesn't. I don't want to jinx it, though. Yeah. I got to make a goof because you mentioned Will Smith with the putting on his shower shoe things. Do you think he had the Bull Durham issue where he had too much fungus on his shoes and wasn't yeah. really classy? He's a big, <laughs> But because he's at the major league level, it's, he's colorful. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a slob. <laughs> Or how about that injury? I think it was Aaron Sanchez who injured his, got another blister from just closing his suitcase. Yes. Remember that one? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was like right near the very end of his Blue Jays tenure. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Talk as, about made up shit. As a guy, I will say, <laughs> right? I, rem- I didn't get, a, I don't remember getting a blister from it, but a guy that used to travel for his job all day, every day, I have closed my finger in my freaking Pelican case before, and it mm-hmm. hurts. <laughs> um,. But look, when it comes to Ray, if there's anything that, say, a season like 2015 taught me is that, look, we as legendary and for reasons, right? You know, we a lot of great moments came out of that team and a lot of Blue Jays fans actually became Blue Jays fans as it was 2015. Um, the thing about it is people don't really remember that the that team before those big trades wasn't amazing, I think it was just a 500-level team, which yep. is good. Like You want to be a 500-level team, but obviously you want to be better than that. Um, so if anything taught me from that season, it's that the beginning, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but you could pick yourself back up midway through. right? And I know these injuries in the beginning of the season is daunting. You don't want to see them all happen at once. But at the same time, get them out of the way. And I know that's not how injuries work. Like They're sort of random and it's chaotic. But if we're going to be dealing with these things now and sort of shape up the rotation just for the, the let's see who can pitch today, I'd rather that be when the games quote unquote don't count and you can sort of pick it up at the back end of the uh, of the season after the trade deadline or maybe you bring someone up that is looking uh, really good. <clears throat> Manoa, um, you know, like <laughs> you you can do something like that, but you know, having the rotation be so thin as it is. I think that's what separates the Ray injury from the Springer, even if you're not going to have them start within the beginning because you're stretching it, right? And and you're really square peg ground holding it with Ryu. And then you're going to have, I guess, Matt get in there and Roark's going to definitely start um, stripling. You can't have Hatch, so I guess Thornton's the next guy up or maybe Kay or Zoic. And uh, although we have been proponents and really being behind Anthony Kay to get a spot here because he looks well, maybe uh, with the exception of one outing, he's looked really well. Um, it gives an opportunity for them to really cement themselves in the rotation, give us that confidence that, look, if something breaks again with another player or whatever midway through the season, we have the depth. And, you know, maybe it's not the names that we were chasing outside, right, like the the Bowers or whatever, but still within the organization you have depth that's quality. Right. And I think that's what makes this different. So if we're going to 
have them skip a start in the beginning of the season, I'm bummed because I, it's recency bias. People are going to be like, I told you the pitching sucked. Ah, gonna, you're going to have people overreacting. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, it's a long season. People are still in football mode right now. Every week matters. No, it really doesn't. Calm, calm your tits. It's not going to matter right now. Let's hang on until the back end of the, uh, the season. So it doesn't bother me. But again, I think the randomness of this injury kind of does bother me. <laughs> uh, totally. And to your point about the 2015 team being right around 500, it's absolutely true. The magic number for me is you're either five game below, game or two above. Uh, but as long as you're with five games of wild card, um, you're still in it. And that to me is like you're five or less games out from a wild card spot. You still can go for it. So um, if they're right around there at that point, I don't think that's necessarily a failure. Um, I do expect them to be a few games above 500, maybe five to seven games above 500. Uh, but as long as you're within five, um, come trade deadline time, you're you're ready to go. Uh, and that whether that's a trade, whether it's calling somebody up, you're fine. So absolutely, I totally understand what you mean. If he misses a start, he misses a start. Give it to somebody else, they'll be fine. They could make up ground. Baseball as we know, is a game of swings. You're going to go on really, really hot streaks, and individual players will go on really, really hot streaks. And there will be some games when you lose four or five in a row. It's just a matter of how you bounce back and put together another five-game win streak to make up for that. So, yeah, I'm not too worried. Yeah. All right. Craig, did you want to add anything? Nope, I'm good. All right. All right. (laughs) So uh, I was going to transition to something else uh, regarding uh, some more positive news. But before we do that, I do want to jump into this because I forgot to put this agenda, so I'm sort of like blindsiding you guys. But at the same time, Brendan, you might have more information regarding this uh, than either of Craig or I. But Shapiro discussed that the Blue Jays have an opportunity within the next month to come back to Toronto to play. Now, again, we were talking off air about the vaccine rollout, how it's being accelerated a little bit because more and more vaccines are becoming available. More companies are developing them. Um, we don't have to hang on this for a long time, but Brennan, being the resident Canadian here, what do you think? Do you think this is being optimistic? Because he sounded pretty goddamn sure of himself when he said we have significant positive objective momentum leading us to believe that we can be in Toronto sometime in the next month. And to me, that I, he said this in March. I don't know if that meant April. And if that does, that's amazing. But it's probably more like May. What do you think? No, I, I'm fully on board with it, and I actually think that is a possibility. I do believe that they have dates lined up in Buffalo just in case they need to play there as a stopgap. Maybe at the time, maybe, and this is just all hypothetical, it's just a guess, but maybe the Canadian government is like, okay, come mid to late April, we'll get on the phone again, we'll see how vaccines have been rolled out, how many players across MLB have taken the vaccine uh, and have gotten it, and we'll also evaluate how things have gone here in Canada too uh, in terms of our own rollout and getting our population vaccinated. If there's a certain threshold that has been met, I fully expect them to skip Buffalo and come up here for maybe right around Victoria Day, which is the weekend before um, Memorial Day, so right around mid-May. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and if those thresholds aren't met uh, and the government isn't fine with it, or maybe there's a, th- uh, God forbid, a third wave going around in Toronto or whatever, uh, which it seems like trending that way right now, um, maybe they'll have a few series or play May in Buffalo and reevaluate again at the end of May. I, 
there's been a lot of momentum around the start of the CFL season. I know the CFL submitted a proposal with all nine of their teams um, to the government and their return to play. And, and keep in mind, CFL does not make much money. They actually lose money pretty much every single year. Um, and they rely so heavily on fans. Um, it's looking like the CFL will come back to play because they've put together all the health and safety protocols. And that does involve Americans crossing the border. Now, once they are here, they stay here in Canada for half the year until the end of the great cup or the end of the season, um, or sometimes longer. So that's a little bit easier to pull off versus travel every which way, uh, between the countries and going through the border. But, um, I think this time around, it will be much easier to get approval as long as certain thresholds have been met. And if it were me, I would say 75 to 80 percent they get the skip buffalo and come right up to the rogers center but with no fans no no fans until probably august that's very optimistic i like it (laughs) i mean is anybody talking about the one uh the one wild card here in this whole thing is what if the players actually just all get vaccinated and that actually happens and like you said brendan if that's going to happen where the teams are actually and you know or at least most of the team and the people traveling with the team are going to be vaccinated maybe you would think that at least allows them to be able to go over the border and do what they need to do to play in the Rogers center. At least like you said, with no fans, regardless of what might be going on around the hole, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's another part of it here that nobody is talking about that. If you get the players vaccinated, at least they're not bringing it with them over the border. (laughs) It makes me wonder what the protocols they're, they're bound to be following. Right. So, um, in terms of rollout. So the Blue Jays are going to be playing in Dunedin. Does that mean that the players are going to have to be uh, bound to what Florida's rollout plan is? So, for instance, if they're not doing their age group until a target date of mid-April, do those Blue Jays players have to wait until mid-April? Um, or is it going by Toronto's uh, sort of rollout plan because technically they are employees of a Toronto conglomerate. Or is the um, MLBPA organizing something? Where, where I see saying. where you're going. Yeah. Where's the level, right? Or if they go to Buffalo, let's say in in April, Buffalo is a little bit ahead of Florida. So if they relocate to Buffalo, are they eligible for the vaccine just because of relocation? Um, I don't know how this is going to work, but I would assume eventually, given that the United States, and this is no knock on Canada whatsoever, the United States is a little ahead of the curve when it comes to the vaccination rollout, when it comes to uh, individual, um, or not individual, specific age groups. Right? Totally. There are some states that are just vaccinating anybody. There is yeah. no uh, age group that they're just saying, come and get a vaccine. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that a place like Florida could just do that. I know Texas is already doing that. Exact so, opposite me, here in New York State, though. There you go. So, <laughs> same thing in Rhode Island. They are doing rollout plans. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe as more and more vaccines become available, it wouldn't surprise me in mid-April that the Blue Jays players, if they're going by Florida protocols and rollout plans, that they will be on. If all those players are vaccinated, sure, they can go play in Toronto, but it's the opposing teams that you have to worry about that in terms of travel and whatnot. So, it's got to get to the point, I think, where every player um, is either eligible for the vaccine or has been, you know, we talked about people like, and I'm not trying to paint Trevor Bauer with this brush. Don't get me using that. But if Trevor Bauer, uh, we talked about how, you know, he's a trooper or whatever, and, you know, it's still kind of unclear what he is right now. But 
and we talked about how there are players that you don't even know that have these political affiliations that you know you'll never know. There might be players within the MLB, actually I'm sure of it, that are anti-vax and are refusing to take this vaccine. Is that going to put a monkey wrench into this whole thing? Bauer pretty much said it yesterday. I saw somebody, oh, I think it was um, Alyssa on Twitter, on Jay's Twitter. I forget what her handle is, but she retweeted a video of Bauer, or maybe it was a quote of Bauer. Yeah, Bauer's not getting it. He said he was not. All right, there you go. I, yeah, I think it, it'll come it down, wasn't honestly, like, to the MLBPA freaking saying something. It's going to happen. It, yeah, it, it wasn't like a, a flat out, I'm not taking it, but. The way he framed it is very much like the fake news type framing, like that people would say, oh, I'm not sure if I trust this source. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll see if I can dig it up before the show's up and I'll find what he said. But it, it yeah, he's not going to get it. All right. Well, yeah. I think it's going to have to take that. There but we'll see. All right. Let's uh, let's finish up with some slightly uplifting news here. Both Nate Pearson and Thomas Hatch are reportedly progressing very well, quote-unquote, and there's confidence that the latter of which is going to not miss significant time. This according to Ross Atkins. Um, the rotation, as we've already discussed, is in flux. It's stretched pretty thin. What are the options here? We talked about maybe giving Anthony Kay a spot star or maybe Trent Thornton coming in. Um, what do you think, Craig? Did the Jays make a mistake by not getting more aggressive in the offseason to acquire the depth? I know these things aren't foreseeable, but at the same time, they're kind of dancing on thin ice when you walk into this at least a, a spring training season with a rotation depth this thin. What do you think? I think the only thing that really is the big problem on this whole thing is they want. They said they wanted to fully commit to this season being the re, the, the beginning of the new Blue Jay you know movement. Right? You mm -hmm. had a missed opportunity in that rotation and it didn't improve at all. You know, it's what it was. Yeah. It's great that you brought Robbie Ray back, but it's still a piece we had last season. You're hinging your bet on a lot of what ifs right now. And if you were truly able to, if you wanted to make that splash and be able to really compete and use the free agent market as that reason or the trade market to be able to be able to push that piece, it was a missed opportunity, and I don't think they can be disappointed about it, but it does kind of suck at the same time because that's just how things landed. They might have misplayed that market. They you know, trade guys that they wanted were really not available as much as they thought. But I think on the flip side of it, I think we have gotten a lot of great things from seeing what some of these young kids are bringing to the table for this spring training. I honestly, you mentioned one of the guys right now a minute ago, Alex Manoa. I would really care less if he got into this rotation and was able to just go out there and throw smoke for four or five innings. Um, SWR is an incredible. <sighs> he looks like the ace that we have all been wondering and if, because we really didn't know a ton about it at the time of the trade for Marcus Stroman, and he's going to make him eat his dust, I think. I really think it's yeah. going to be that simple. <laughs> I don't think there's any other way of saying it. And you have those two guys lingering in the wings, and that's not even getting into the point where, okay, you were looking and trending really, really well with Hatch, K, all these other guys. And even TJ Zoik is now looking like somebody that really could run with a major league job. And that sinker has been biting, boys. I really, it's been very, very fun to watch in the highlights that I've been seeing. I think he's legit. So I don't, they didn't know that without seeing some of this major league experience through spring training here against some quality major league hitters in some of these ballparks where they've been playing. These guys are, are facing Yankee regulars and have been looking really good. So I can't complain. At least I got a little bit of a litmus test of what they possibly could bring at the major league level. But I do agree that there was some kind of a missed opportunity there to truly 
have a runaway off season and have a team that could just blitz for first place in this division. Now we really had to compete and have to weigh those options. And I think it's going to down to more or less the hot hand for how this starting rotation is going to look all season. I really think it's going to be an evolving tapestry <laughs> to be able to get these guys to go get us to the finish line after 162 games. Mm. It's interesting. You could look at the potential missed opportunity in one of two ways. Though one way is could be fine with not signing guys like Walker, Odorizzi, Gosman, guys along those lines, and be totally fine because you could argue Blue Jays do have a lot of depth, and and that's depth we've seen. And not even like some of the high ceiling guys like Benoit or SWR, but people we talked about a few weeks ago with AJ, um, with uh, Jason Lee a, f- uh, a few weeks before that, Trent Thornton. Uh, Zoic, all these guys. At some point, you got to start making calls on these guys. I know that they can be around as as minor league depth for a while, but eventually they're going to get paid or hit their free agency, um, and they'll be gone. So whether they can be traded for other assets in the future, um, I think you can be fine knowing that they have a lot of depth, but it's high-risk depth because there's not much certainty in what you're going to get uh, each time out with these guys. Whereas you can be disappointed in the fact that they didn't add Walker, Odorizzi, or Gosman for more proven depth and less risk uh, associated with that. So um, I'm not upset that, I mean, I know we argued quite a bit to bring back Taiwan Walker uh, and even argued a little bit less so for Jake Odorizzi. Um, I don't think we were really bothered that Gosman didn't come here and accept the offer, but still, um, at the end of the day, um, I think I'd rather at this point see Thornton uh, a few times to know what he is because there is some intrigue there still. I'd rather see Zoic maybe a, a, another few times before I see Gosman's and, and Odorizzi's and, and, and Walker's uh, again. So, yeah, at the it's tough, but I think I'm fine with them not addressing the depth a little bit more because there is depth there. It's just r- much more risky or depth, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's unsexy. Yeah, and, there it is. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's exactly what it is. And you know, when you suggest, and I'm no problem with the suggestion, you know, in and of itself. But like when you hear, oh, Trent Thornton, you're like, oh, I've seen this. Like I, I've seen this song and dance. Not that it's awful, but it's it's fragile, right? Yeah. You, you don't know what's gonna happen. It's and, not Taiwan you know, Walker. <laughs> no, yeah, you're not as confident with that. Um. Again, for some reason, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with Anthony Kay getting in there. And even Zoic, like, again, I was talking about, not that this necessarily matters, but I was talking about how Dolis is tall. Zoic's taller. Zoic's, according to the Blue Jays page, he's 6'7", which, jeez. Yeah, he's yeah that's, yeah. It's an intimidating um, and, force that has a ball that, literally a sinker baller that that tall, too. I think that's saying. the thing that's intriguing. That thing's starting like, whoa, and then... <laughs> <laughs> his wingspan whatever yeah, yeah. It's, it's tie it probably hit seven feet um look again if these things are going to happen it's going to be in the beginning the hatch uh news to me that's encouraging it, yeah. it's peculiar to me why they're being a little bit more hush on nate pearson obviously what they're going to say is oh he's progressing well you're not going to hear them say oh no he's it's bad like oh my god don't look over that. here <laughs> you know they're going <laughs> They're I, always going to positively <laughs> reinforce that. <laughs> I kind of wish he would just say that one time to catch everybody off guard. Guys, it's not going well at all. Yeah. It's, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, look just over for, there. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, oh. Please forget all about Napier. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't even <laughs> talk about his. Don't even yeah. bring his name up ever again. 
yeah, it's it's bad. No, um, but for me, the, it's it's odd. I don't anticipate seeing him for a little while. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him at least until May. Um, him being Pearson. Uh, but if Hatch is on the right track, we were fearing that it was like a forearm tear. I think we were concerned it being a, a UCL. I think that's what I said or whatever. Um, it doesn't sound like it's that serious, right? And this is precautionary. And if he's progressing well and if he's going to be able to pitch, that's, again, someone that can slide into the rotation when he's ready to sort of beef it up a little bit. But Again, having this in the beginning of the season isn't necessarily a concern. It is going to, I think, prove, for lack of a better way to put it, fans, you know, aggravation with the fact that the Blue Jays weren't aggressive in the offseason, pursuing pitchers like uh, Odorizzi or Walker. But, again, once things sort of level out by May, June, I think we're going to be just fine. So it, it's going to be a little bit of, you know, sailing rough waters in the beginning. But once we hit that stride heading into summer, I think we're going to be okay. That was the 2015 rotation. Rocky all the way through the deadline or Marco Estrada coming out of the bullpen or whatever it was that year that happened. And things have a way of working out. By the way, I did find the quote Bauer said. So sure. Yeah. He's a LA Times beat writer for the Dodgers. Um, he's obviously asking some of the Dodgers on their vaccination preferences or if they're going to get it. So the first tweet was Justin Turner says he's definitely thinking about getting vaccinated now that all people 16 and older in Arizona are eligible for vaccines. There you go. Quote, quote tweeted that saying Dave Roberts uh, saying, given the opportunity, I'm all in. So Roberts is going to get it. But Bauer on getting vaccinated said it comes down to personal medical history and personal medical choices. So I don't really want to speak on that. So. I think you can kind of get the gist of where he's going there. Yeah. Maybe, but actually likely. Yeah, likely, especially given uh, the history there. And again, yeah. I don't want to paint it with a broad brush, but those types of without the affirmation yeah. is questionable. Um, totally. Totally. But on the pitching note, we actually have somebody, uh, Tyson on Twitter is chiming in our uh, fun with our who are the other arms that are going to make up our rotation, right? Point, he made out a uh, very, very uh, astute piece here as far as, you know, we already got a ton of lefties in our rotation. Adding Anthony Kay makes it only more left-handed. Yes. He's leaning toward the direction of Julian Merriweather or Zoic because they're right-handed. Zoic. Yeah. Important. And there is that, too. So he was pointing out the fact that, you know, right. <laughs> that he's a lefty. A good, and we already got Ryu, Ray... <laughs> Matt's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most, just to say it, as good as those guys can be, most major league hitters destroy left-handed pitching as far as righties go, being more right-handed, right? Mm. So there are yeah. exceptions to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I, I, I'm cool with, with Zoe getting the opportunity. Um, maybe they want Anthony Kay to be that guy that's going to hold down the starting rotation in AAA. Um, that makes sense to me, at least to start the season. Um, I think or they're given... all going to force their hand, though. I really do. Yeah. It's such absolutely. a collective good group. Yeah. Somebody is going to rise to the top of that argument. Has to. Yeah. They has to. Uh, and, and the Blue Jays, I think, Brendan, you mentioned this earlier, they got to figure out what they're going to do with these guys. Uh, either let them become something, trade them for something, or they're going to hit free agency and you get nothing for them. Yeah. Um, per so, that other part of that conversation, the SWR, Alex Manoa part, Yeah, they're slated to start in double A. 
how long do you think that's really going to last? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's not. <laughs> Shouldn't. At least Manoa, that's probably, uh, maybe they stretch that out. Yeah. I don't know. The, Tyson's last tidbit on that piece was the fact, too, that they, the, against the Yankees, a right-hander would be making sense, too, because of the short port for uh, mm. more and more lefty in that lineup. So Good call. Good call. There you go. All right. Uh, well, is there any other uh, listener questions or input that you want to reference, or is that it? That's we're good. It's been mostly right. just me and Tyson chit-chatting on the uh, <laughs> side. There you go. Sidebar. Right, <laughs> yeah. Tyson, thanks you. Thank you for tuning in, and thank everybody yep. for tuning in. Um, if you want to get in on the action, again, we are live as of right now every Wednesday uh, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube. If you want to check us out on the live stream, or if you want to check us out on podcast feed, we are there too. Wherever you get your podcast fix from, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, literally anywhere you get your podcast fix, we are there. Um, the schedule will be adjusted come the start of the regular season. Uh, we will have more details on that for next week. But next week uh, is our pretty much regular season preview hosted yeah. by Mr. Borden. And uh, it is the day before opening day. So we'll have all <laughs> your Blue Jays coverage. Eve. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Christmas Eve. There Basically. I'm trying New to arrange a guest to join the join the uh, fun yet, but we'll tease that all week, you know, just to be jerks. <laughs> all right, all right, we won't tell them that Mark Shapiro is joining the team. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly it. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing we put him on good trial. starts. Yes, yes. Hey, in order for you to relax before your start, you should pop on our podcast. Read. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in your yeah. media practice, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're cool. We're cool people. We won't ask you uh, really frustrating questions. Um, but, but anyways, <laughs> until then, we'll... make sure you have a few beers with us. We'll yes. yeah, I'll have a good time, and you know, we'll get started, get ready for a season full of Blue Jay baseball and Jaybird watching. Yes, yes, and we look forward to, for you guys to join in on the fun. But guys, let's end the show like we always do. Two claps, Ric Flair, and a let's go Blue Jays. Woo! Let's go Blue Jays. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.